Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey friends, welcome back to the pod. Today we're going through the psychology of mastering your money mindset. This is Queenie. And this is Pablo. And welcome back to another podcast episode. So before we get into it, Pablo, what's your money win? My money win is last night, we actually went to North Sydney to do like a live webinar Q&A with Life Sherpa and Vince, you know, because we were going there, they were really nice and they offered us dinner. So Aww. that's a money win. That is a money win. Thank you so much, Vince, if you're listening to the podcast. Also, we did a webinar about first home buyers. So if you are also a first home buyer or looking to buy a property in general, we have also put a link down in the show notes to Life Sherpa where you can book a free call with a mortgage broker. Win-win. So my money win is I had my friend over for breakfast instead of going out and this saved me around $20. That's good. That's adding a lot of money to our small change portfolio. Yeah. So as you know, we're adding half into our small change portfolio and the other half is going into a bank account. So this will add $30 to our portfolio. And our portfolio is already at $379. And we've received a $15 return already. Isn't that amazing? We are rich. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. It's the power of all these small savings. So if you would like to follow along too, you can start adding some money to your small change portfolio by little hacks and little money wins you get here and there. Yeah, go for it. You know, that's small change becomes big change. It sure does. So before we get into the podcast, just remember that anything we talk about is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice. You can read our full financial services guide in my description. And we would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land. And we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. This podcast episode is sponsored by WeMoney. WeMoney is a free app you can use to keep track of your spending and upcoming bills. And you can also check your credit score for free using WeMoney. You can download it for free in the show notes below okay so the first one which i feel like it has gotten so much traction on social media this is like one of our most viewed videos ever it's cost per wear i honestly love this principle i always think about it when i'm shopping so i think there's a tendency for whenever we're going shopping is to compare things only based on price how much is this pair of shoes versus how much is this pair of shoes? But something that we often don't consider is the cost per wear. How many times will I actually use this pair of shoes over this pair of shoes? And I think that by spending money on things that we use a lot more often, that is better quality, that can actually end up saving us a lot of money in the long term. And you have a really cool example with a pair of shoes, don't you, Pablo? I do actually, yeah. For my birthday, like maybe four or five years ago now, like I got a really nice pair of shoes. It was quite expensive at the time. It was three fifty dollar. I was like, that's quite expensive, you know. But because people like bundle up and they were able to get me this really nice present, and I'm actually wearing those shoes today. You yeah. know, I wear them literally every single day, and for like four years now, I've worn those shoes because it's almost my birthday. So that's four years, and I've been wearing these shoes every single day. So let's do the numbers. 
So if they are like $350, I divide that by 365, multiply four for four years. Guess how much it costs per I don't day. know, per day? Or per mm. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, maybe 20 cents? 24 cents. Hey, look Yay, at my quick maths. Look at this brain. I, I saw know. the neurons. You know. <laughs> I was pretty quick too. Yeah, pretty quick. Almost as fast as me, but <laughs> I had the calculator. Yeah, but that's really cool. That's that's a very, very low cost per wear. Yeah, and you know, now I'm like thinking one more year on your pair of shoes. Yeah, because they don't have any holes in them. Like nothing, not even in the soles, not on any of the fabric. They still look brand new. They do. And actually, I bought a new new pair of shoes last year for my birthday. And this is already tearing up after one year. Yeah. So it really goes to show that there are some items, maybe a little bit more pricey, but they can actually last you a lot longer. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think one example that I wanted to share as well is uh, we bought a dupe cool cabana because in the summer it gets really hot. We wanted a sunshade for the beach and we really wanted a cool cabana, but they're so expensive. So instead of buying the legit cool cabana, which costs like $200, we got a dupe cool cabana for $50. But this dupe, it was not very good at all. It broke after just three uses. And the first time we put it up, it got a hole in the fabric. It would not stay down. It was shaking in the wind. It was a horrible purchase. And I guess we should have known because it actually, when you look at the specs of the item, it weighed a lot less than the real Cool Cabana. But we ended up having to buy a new Cool Cabana anyway, which has lasted us a lot longer. So I guess sometimes it is you know, important if you do have the money. And I also understand that this also does have a lot of privilege, like being able to spend more money on quality items. It is a privilege and not everyone is able to spend more money on quality items. But if you're in a position or if you can get yourself into into a position where you can invest a little bit more in a quality item that will last you a lot longer, it could be worth it over the long term. Yeah, for sure. You know, like so many things that we bought now, we're trying to buy quality of a quantity and that's a good little hack to look actually at the weight. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, especially for things like, I don't know, I guess tents, sun shelters, things like that. Things that you want to be sturdy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it was like half of the weight, the dupe cabana compared to the legit ones. So, yeah. Very cool. So what's the next point, Kuni? Okay. I can, I can read cost per hour of entertainment. Yeah, so this is a cool one. If you want to take yourself out or go out with your friends, go out with your partner, whoever, I think one thing that you could consider is how much does it cost per hour of entertainment? So for example, let me give you an example of something that has a really good cost per hour of entertainment for us, playing pool, because Pablo and I are terrible at it. I swear, it only costs $2 for a game of pool. And this game lasted like, like a whole hour or maybe even more because we're so bad at it. So that is one cost like entertainment that is a very cost per hour of entertainment for us. But yeah, do you have any other ideas for things that could have low cost per hour of entertainment? Well, I was just thinking, you know, when you go to the arcade games, that's where like then they always have like time limit, like 30 seconds or an hour, which is interesting because whatever your level is, you're going to have to play for 30 seconds. But for me, like that would be maybe like a surfboard. I was talking about it like a couple of weeks ago. I got a new surfboard and now I can literally go every single weekend surfing and that doesn't and that doesn't cost me any more money. So that gives me like a lot of hours of entertainment 
plus you know dopamine from sports and all these benefits and yeah it's m many hours yeah that's a really good point what about you Queenie <laughs> I don't really have an activity I can think I of. can think of one what TikTok <laughs> it's free it's even free and it's free and many hours of entertainment yeah. how many hours <laughs> so many hours so, so many, many hours refreshing the views yeah. So the next one, this is a really, really interesting one. Overvaluing something simply because you own it. And this is called the endowment effect. I often do this with clothes. I hold on to things that I no longer wear. But something that I've been trying to do lately is looking at some pieces of clothes that I hardly wear and then just holding it up and thinking, if I were to buy this again, how much would I buy it for? And if the answer is, I would not even buy this piece of clothing again for any price, then that's when I decide to either donate it or I, sometimes I put it into a pile so I can do a clothes swap with my friends. We recently started doing little clothes swaps where my friends would come over, we'd bring some clothes that we're no longer wearing, and then we'll basically swap each other's clothes. And it's completely free. It's also better for the planet as well, but it's a good hack. Yeah, for sure. And this doesn't even apply just for clothes. I think this like endowment effect. But you know, when you, for example, you buy a house for like a million dollars and then you live in this house for like one, two, three years, you do few renovation that maybe look a lot to you. But then when you sell the house, you think it's worth like two, three, four, five million. Well, actually it's 1.2. Yeah, that's very true. And this is a really cool thing that I started doing with my friends. So whenever we have clothes that we no longer wear, we put it into a bag and then one of us will host a clothes swap night where we'll bring all of the clothes that we no longer wear anymore. We'll hold them up and then whoever wants the clothes can take them and whatever nobody wants, we'll donate it. And it's a really good way to save money and also it's way better for the planet as well and it's completely free, which is really, really cool. And you were telling me that, you know, sometimes when you donate clothes, they don't even go to people, right? Yeah, that's right. So... One of the downsides of donating clothes is sometimes they don't even actually go to the people that you're donating the clothes to because a lot of the times these places have so many clothes already. So if you can, it's actually better to swap it with your friends. So at least, you know, somebody will actually use the clothes that you're no longer wearing. So, yeah, that's a really cool hack to save some money and save the planet as well. Yeah, for sure. What's the next point, Queen? Okay, so <laughs> this is a really cool hack. I really, really love doing this. So basically, what I do now is whenever I hang up my clothes, I put them the wrong way around in my wardrobe. So I put the hangers the wrong way around. And what I do is as I take my clothes out of my wardrobe and I wear my clothes, I put them back the right way around. So I'll have some hangers in my wardrobe that are the wrong way around still and some hangers that are the right way around. And the ones that are the wrong way around, I'll know that it's because I haven't used those clothes. Like I've never taken them out of my wardrobe. That's why they're still the wrong way around. And this is a good way to cut down on clothes that you're no longer wearing. So it can help you decide which clothes maybe you're not wearing in your wardrobe. Maybe there are some clothes you can swap with your friends or donate. And yeah, it's a, it's a good way that I found to clean out my wardrobe. That's really good. I think you learned that on TikTok, right? I did. I learned it on TikTok. So shout out to TikTok for doing that. Thank you so much. Hours of entertainment plus money hacks. Plus money hacks. Money hacks as well. So the next one is sunk cost fallacy. So this is when you've already put time and money into something. So you want to continue it. 
But in reality, you don't actually have to continue. Just because you've invested some time and money into something, it doesn't mean that you have to continue it. And in fact, that money and that time, it's already gone. Whatever decision that you make from now on, it doesn't really matter what you did in the past. So I think this is something that we all face. In fact, it happened just the other day with us. We were at the doctor's office and we were deciding we needed to see the doctor. We weren't sure how long it was going to take and we were thinking, should we stay or should we go? Should we come back another day? And part of us was like, oh, but we've already waited 15 minutes. So what, what's another 15, 20, 25 minutes? But in reality, that time has already gone. You know, like we can still choose to leave if we want to, but that's a sunk cost fallacy I think a lot of us get wrapped up into. What do you think about it, Pablo? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you happen to watch movies, you know, let's say you start watching a movie it happens maybe more at the cinema because you're going to pay for it. And then halfway through, you're like wondering, what am I doing here? You're not in the movie. You're not really enjoying it. But most people, including probably us, will stay because we paid for a movie ticket. But the right thing to do probably is to actually not waste any more time and leave. Maybe go watch another movie. Yeah, cut your losses. And in fact, I think that there's something that you can even do at the cinema if you're watching a movie and you're not enjoying it. And I think it's within like the first 15, 20 minutes or so, you can actually go out of the cinema. You can tell them that you're, you're not enjoying it and you can actually go in to see another movie or swap it for something else. So I think that's a good way to, I guess, if you're not enjoying something, don't waste more time watching something you don't like. You can just simply go into something else. That's smart. Very smart. And another thing with sunk cost fallacy is, you know, many people, they, I mean, including you at the beginning, you, you were with Commonwealth Bank, CBA, and you stay there for many years without thinking about it. And then looking at the return rates on the interest rate, and you're like, oh, well, there's not much, plus I have to pay fees, what's going on? And then there are many new banks now that offer like better rates, and you can also like put people maybe because they've been with the bank for so long, they don't change. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's another one. I don't know what that one's called, but it's kind of, I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of like that loyalty or like you can't be bothered changing because it's a bit annoying. But in reality, it's actually not that hard to change banks because we, we've done it a few times and it's actually much, much, much easier than you think it will be. And then once you do it, it's done. Like you don't have to do it anymore, you know, and, and it's not like you have to change banks or change your internet plan like every month, you know, like it, it, it is only like a once in a year, maybe once even in a couple of years thing, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important to do that, like maybe once a year reviewing like bank account, superannuation and all these things so that you are sure that you're getting the best deal and your money is where your values are. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is confirmation bias. So this is when we tend to value information that confirms what we already believe. And Pavlo, do you have an example that you can bring up? Yeah, I think we were talking with your auntie and we were discussing about investing and things like that. And maybe that would be a good way that they can earn money from their money, basically. And then they were always like pushing like cash is king and they were always finding news or articles online that will prove that they were right to have cash is king. And you know, it's like, on the internet nowadays, you can find anything. I can write anything online. There will be an article that will be proving my point. But actually, there is always a flip side. 
That's true. That's true. So you can even find articles. I think there's like some subsection of people that believe that Australia doesn't even exist. Like there's literally some people that really believe that. So yeah, you could literally find anything to prove your point of view. And not saying that you shouldn't have a perspective or you shouldn't believe strongly the things that you want. But I think it's always good to actually look at the other side and see if that actually has another point as well. You know, because oftentimes there isn't like a right or a wrong. It's usually somewhere in between. And I think if you can sort of understand both viewpoints, that's when you can really get ahead with your money. So I guess in this example, not believing fully cash is king, I should keep 100% in cash. But maybe have a look at the other perspectives. Maybe investing could be good. Maybe investing could be a good idea. But maybe not all investments, all high risk, super crazy investments, you know. So I feel like having a little bit of a balance, having more open-mindedness can definitely help. And if you would also like to get started investing, we've created a completely free cheat sheet, which you can check out in the description below. So Pablo, what's the next one? The next one is herding behavior. So this is basically when you make a decision or follow action based on what people have done. So, you know, let's say you're about to cross the road and everyone crosses the road, but it's right but then you cross the road because everyone has done it. And then it's like that, but with also the situation, you know, like, oh, I'm going to invest in crypto because everyone has done it. Or I'm going to, you know, do this and that. And then not really thinking about why you do the things that you do, but more like just doing it because others have done it. And I think that can be dangerous. It can actually. So they've done some studies on this, which has been super interesting to learn about. So there was this one study where they had all the participants like stand up and sit back down in their chairs, like in the office. And like everyone was just like standing up and then standing down whenever they heard this beep. So it'll go beep and then they'd stand up and sit down and then it went beep and then they do that. And then they had this like person that did not know to do that walk into the room and everyone's just standing up and I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today standing down with the beep and then they started doing it too even though they had no idea why anybody else was doing it and then it gets even crazier because that one person that had no idea they start removing the, the actual participants from the room the, the people that knew to stand up and down with the beep they started removing them from the room and they started adding even more people into the room that had no idea to stand up and stand um, sit down with the beep so these people started coming into the room they had no idea what to do and then they started copying everyone else as well so by the end of the experiment only the people in the room were the people that had no idea why they were doing what they were doing and it's actually crazy because I guess that's a funny example but there are some more kind of scary examples from these tests. So there was this other study where they would give some participants some straws and they would show them one straw that was really, really long and some other straws that were really short. And then they would show the straws and then they would say, which one is the longest straw? And then the people in the study would pick the wrong answer 
on purpose because they were part they were in on it. So we picked the wrong answer. And then the one person that actually wasn't part of they didn't know, they would actually pick the wrong answer as well, even though the right answer was really, really obvious, which is kind of scary. It shows a lot about human behavior. So yeah, it's it's just crazy. It is scary that some people will actually, and I think a lot of us might actually choose the wrong answer, even though we know what the right answer is. Yeah, well, I guess it's human behavior because they want to fit in. You know, it's like, let's say, for example, you go to the restaurants, you are with like three or four other people, they all order pizza margarita. You are more likely at the, as the last person to actually order the same thing because you want to fit in. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's part of our human nature because we all want to fit in. We all want to be part of the tribe because back in the days, that, that was actually survival instinct because if you weren't part of the tribe, you might die if you're out alone. So that's why we tend to do this. But sometimes we do it more than we should when we don't actually need to. Like, for example, ordering something from the menu that you really want to order, that's not going to kill you, you know? Or like saying to the participants, actually, that's the right answer. What are you talking about? The other straws are smaller. You know, it's it's not actually going to kill us. So I think it's good to be aware of it. So hopefully we can start being more aware of it, start actually you know, saying what we believe and what we believe to be right instead of just going with what everyone else is doing. Yeah, very true. So what is the next point, Kuni? Okay, so the next point is called the opportunity cost. And I think this is a really good thing to think about whenever you are looking to buy something. Always think about how much does this item cost and what are some other things that I could purchase instead of buying this item? So let's say, for example, you go to the shops and you find a pair of headphones for $100, I think it's important to consider, is there anything better that I could be spending my money on? Or would I actually prefer to keep this money? For example, maybe you might in the moment really want that pair of headphones, but maybe that $100 could be used to build an investment portfolio, or maybe that $100 could be better spent buying a birthday gift that you know that you need to buy or by buying a new pair of shoes that you really, really need. Just consider whether the purchase that you're making is the best one that you could make with that money or if you even prefer to keep that money instead. Always consider the opportunity cost and what you're giving up by making that purchase compared to something else. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to sleep on a purchase before you do it because, you know, you always caught on the moment and you'll be like, oh yeah, I really want this. But then maybe a week later, you're not really wanting this item anymore. So just sleeping on it and doing that can really help you reduce half of your purchase probably. And then on top of that, if you really want it, then you can use Shopback or Cash Rewards. And you <laughs> get save money, maybe 10% cashback, and then you get $10 cashback out of this $100. Yeah, exactly. No, that's really, really true. And I think something else which is really, really important to consider before you buy something it's how many hours would you have to work in order to pay for that item? So let's say the item is $100 and your hourly rate is $25 per hour. It would take you four hours to work for that item. So think about it. Is that item actually worth four hours of your time or is it not? What do you think? Good question, <laughs> Queenie. Yeah. And before we go on to the next point, we really wanted to thank you, all of you in the last months. You know, you've been like showing us some love, like ratings, following. And if you're not following the podcast, please do it because we put every single week lots of effort into all of those scripts and love sharing those tips with you. Yeah, we sure do. Thank you so much. So the next one 
is that sometimes we value things differently depending on how much we need them. For example, a bottle of water. If you go to the supermarket, that bottle of water only costs $1. But if you go to a music festival, that bottle of water could cost $20. So it's just interesting how sometimes the exact same item can be valued at extremely different prices just depending on where they are. And I think it's also important to kind of think about yourself in this context as well, because sometimes people might only value themselves as a $1 water bottle from the supermarket, but they may not realize by just changing their environment, they could be valued at $20 if they just change up their environment. So yeah, I think that's a nice one to consider. What do you think, Pablo? Yeah, I think it's important to compare, you know, you want to be sure like what is the value of each thing. It's like when we go to the cinema, for example, we bring our own popcorns. So that way we buy like for $2. We even make sometimes at home our popcorn, which is like 10 cents. Yeah. And then while at the cinema, it costs so much money. Yeah, exactly. And it really goes to show that some items, just because they're more expensive, doesn't necessarily mean that they're worth more money. And I think the same goes for yourself as well. Just because you might be in a position where you're not paid a lot of money right now, doesn't mean that you're not valued and you're not, you don't deserve more money or you, don't, you couldn't make more money. So I think that's a kind of fallacy that we might all struggle with from time to time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What is the next point, Queenie? Yeah, so something else to consider before you buy something is what's the resale value of this item? So there are some items where as soon as you purchase it, it's just the value evaporates. It's not worth anything by the time you buy it. But there are some things where you can actually resell it and you can still make money from it. And something that we like doing is we like purchasing things on Facebook Marketplace because the item has already depreciated a lot. So when somebody buys something brand new, it will depreciate by maybe 40, 50% and they sell it on Facebook Marketplace. And if you're buying it for that 40, 50% discount, you could probably sell it on Facebook Marketplace for the same price as what you bought it for. And that's what we've done in the past as well. Yeah, it's done really well for us, you know, making sure that obviously like not every item can be bought on Marketplace, but if you can, you always get like a really good deal. And then the day you want to resell it, you're probably not going to lose much because you've already purchased it at a discounted price. So that's really valuable. It really, really is. And there are so many things lately we've been selling on Facebook Marketplace. You can actually make quite a lot of money with it. Yeah, I mean, look at all the stuff that you have at home. See, you know, which hanger is turned upside down and what things you don't use. And take a few photos with your phone and there you go money. Exactly. I just thought of another really cool one. So another fallacy that I think we all go through is thinking that small things don't really matter. And especially when it comes to small savings as well, if you can even save $5, $10, $20 here and there, it might not seem like a lot of money. But if you do this consistently, you actually end up with heaps of money at the end of the day. And something interesting to illustrate this point is that if you want to save $10,000 in one year, that's actually $27.40 per day that you need to save. So all these little changes, all these little money hacks and savings here and there, that can add up to $10,000 in one year. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it is. And what's interesting is that obviously, you know, $3 here and there, it's not going to change the whole world. But I think the psychology behind it, you know, if you're not going to spend a coffee and you're going to make your coffee at home every day, 
and then it just puts you in the mindset of saving mode or investing mode and then all your behavior will be reflected based on that small habit that you have and all of those small habits make like big habits at the end of the day. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. Something else I think that we need to think about more is like cost per function. So before you buy something, what could you use this item for? Are there any cool things that you can use this item for? I'm actually reading this book right now. It's called $100 Million Offers. And in the book, he talks about basically the different use cases that you could have for a brick, you know? And I think if you're like most people, including myself, you might just think a brick, you can use that to build something like a house. But it's just interesting with his mindset, he was like, a brick, you could use that as a doorstopper, you could use it as a paperweight, you could use it as a pen holder. If it's a tiny Lego brick, you can use it to build like tiny Lego things. If it's a gold brick, you could use that as an investment. It's like there are so many different ways that we can use things. So it's interesting to think, you know, before you buy something, how many times can you actually use this item and what different situations can you use it for? Yeah. So do you have any example of things that you bought that you can use for multiple things? Okay, that's a good question. Let me think. Okay, I feel like one thing that comes to mind is our air fryer because I really stalled before making this purchase. I was not sure. I think at the time it was like $150 and I was like, I just don't know if it's worth it. We've already got an oven. Like it's the same thing. It's just basically a mini oven. But I swear to you, I, I use it like almost every day. And the amount of different things that we've made in this air fryer is crazy, like hash browns, warming up foods, cooking salmon. Like it's actually crazy, like the amount of versatility. And it also saves on electricity as well because it's a smaller space that you have to heat up. You don't have to heat up your whole oven. And yeah, it's pretty good. What about yeah, you, Pablo? One of the best purchases we made in the kitchen. Yeah. Sure. We're actually Queenie, camping chairs. We've been using those like actually originally for camping. And we actually ended up using them more for having guests over because obviously we are in a small one bedroom. So when we have guests over, we have the couch, but then not everyone can sit on the couch. And then we use those camping chairs and they are really comfortable. So that was good that we got good quality camping chair because they can be used and people love sitting in those. Yeah, they do. They prefer sitting in them than our actual couch. Yeah, it's not that we don't let people sit on our couch. It's just they prefer sitting on those chairs. Yeah, they do. And they are really comfy. Yeah. So that was a good purchase, multifunction. And yeah. Yeah. And it's good because they fold away as well. So they don't take up much room when we don't have guests over. Yeah, that's a good purchase. Yeah. I guess another one which is important to think about is like the risk bias that we might have. I think that in reality, we might think that things are a lot more risky than they actually are. And I think back to the time when I was thinking about whether or not I should quit my job. And at the time, we were making a bit of money per month from our social media platforms and our YouTube channel. It wasn't enough to live off, but I kind of knew in the back of my mind, if I really gave it a shot, I think we would be able to replace our full-time income. But I was still scared before doing it because it was a big step. But in reality, I kind of wish that I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, like the worst thing that could happen is it doesn't work and I have to go back to my full-time job. But what's the best thing that could happen? I could have a business that employs myself, Pablo, now Julian, you know, I, I think that we often think about the worst case scenarios without thinking about what's the best case scenarios. And we often have a bit more of a bias or a negative bias towards the worst case outcome, which in reality actually isn't that bad. What do you think, Pablo? 
Yeah, no, for sure. I think that thinking what's the worst thing that can happen based on that is really important because all those scenarios are probably, you know, very far-fetched and they're probably not even bad sometimes. You know, the worst thing that could have happened is that you go back to a full-time job six months later. It's nothing dangerous or anything, you know. You always have to think that, yeah, what's the worst case scenario? And then also you were mentioning last podcast, I think the revolving door. It's like, can you go back in that door? And if so, then there is no reason that you should be scared of going into it because you can always go back. But obviously, you know, like let's say something like having a baby. Can you go back from that? Probably not. But it's on, you know, for like next 20 years. So all these things you need to consider. The door, can you go back or is it a one-way door? Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point, Pablo. I love it. And I think another thing that we tend to do is just comparing ourselves and where we are compared to other people because I think it's really easy to, especially if we see people, maybe they're the same age as us, maybe they're similar to us and we think, why are they there and why are we here? And I think it can be really easy to get caught up in that negative self-comparison, but I think something really important to realise is that not everybody starts out on the same level playing field. You know, there are heaps of factors to consider and just be kind to yourself. There are so many things that you might not know about other people and where they are and maybe they did have some advantages compared to you. And at the end of the day, we can't really compare ourselves to other people because our journeys are completely different. What do you think, Pablo? Yeah, and it's not just advantages, you know, and like you don't know what's happening in everyone's life. So you want one thing that they have potentially but do you want everything that they have in their life, you know? It's like we were talking to, with that person and, you know, you're like, oh, I wish I was like you, man. You know, you're so good at this or you have so much of that. And then you're like, okay, well, that's one thing, but you have 99% of the things that make that person. And maybe they have a terrible life other than those things. And then you can just take 1% of that person. So next time you got yourself like compared to, that person, do you want everything of that person? Do you want, you know, their job? Do you want their life where they live? Do you want, you know, working many hours like they do or things like that, you know? You can't just take one person of that person and that's what you want. No, you need to take everything into consideration and that's everything that you will swap with them and then that puts into perspective, oh, actually, I'm happy as I am. Yeah, that's so true. Like there might be somebody who's super rich, but their kids don't talk to them anymore or they have no friends or they have no family around them to support them. It's like, do you really, you might want the wealth, but do you really want everything else? Or on the opposite side, there might be somebody that has heaps of everything else, but maybe they don't have, you know, some things that you have. And I think if, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else thinks like this, but sometimes I'll get a group of people that have like really outstanding qualities and then I'll piece them together. And I'm like, why don't I have that person's wealth and that person's friendship group and that person's this and that person's nice face and this person's body and this person, you know, it's just like horrible like self-comparison because it's like you're kind of making a Frankenstein, unrealistic, crazy person that's like has the best of everyone's life, you know. It's not good to compare that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, with social media, you need to be mindful that when people put on the stories, you know, their highlights. It's like 1% of their life. And obviously, it's going to be good. They're not going to be like, oh, shit, I walk on the dog poo. No, they're not going to put that. They're going to put all the good stuff, potentially. And you got to remind yourself that. 
Yeah, it's so, so, so true. Yeah, very true. Oh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Pablo, do you have anything else to add? No, thanks for listening. You know, really appreciate you staying to the end. Yeah, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and follow us and we'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs>